And now, after years of planning, sweating, and going broke, here is the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. And it left the media. Why they would give this man a podcast is anyone's guess. And there is what could only be a bizarre coincidence or something else. Welcome to the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Trapped, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, so. Country music and fine moonshine. Finally, a podcast that lets it all hang out. Let's level with America. Got your boots? Ready for some whiskey? These boots are made for walking. <laughs> One of these days, these boots are gonna walk all over you. And now, the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Hey everyone, Jim here, Boots and Whiskey Podcast. Thank you all so much for tuning in today. We have Will Overman on the show. We um, This was a good one. I mean, they're all good ones, right? And I say that every, every episode. But um, what I liked most about this episode is that we talked a lot about life and life things and... Um, you know, it was nice, and I guess it's it's poetic that it's coming out at this time, um, where life for me is a little crazy, <laughs> but uh, that's okay. Um, so, Will, thanks for being here. We we greatly appreciate it. Will's got some new music coming out here shortly. Um, we were just informed about, so it's a perfect time. So keep intact, t- keep intact, intact, in touch, whatever. Keep in touch with Will on all of the socials and check out his new stuff. Um, we have a few more episodes to go before we take our little hiatus. Um, so we appreciate you all being here. Um, hiatus from the podcast. Um, we've talked about now for a few weeks. We just got some, we got some crazy work schedules going on and some personal stuff going on that honestly, I'm just trying to figure it all out and see what the best plan is going forward. Again, we're going to do events. I think we have PBR next weekend. I think we're still going to do that. Um, and yeah, so stay tuned, Boots and Whiskey Podcast on all socials, bootsandwhiskeyentertainment.com. Thank you everybody for the support. And, uh, without further ado, our conversation with Will, we hope you enjoy. We want to give a big thank you to our friends over at Off the Rails here in Worcester, Massachusetts. You can find them at offtherailsworcester.com. They have a great restaurant, a great music venue. They have everything you would want to feel like in Nashville right here in Central Mass. If you're ever in the area, check out the restaurant, check out the music venue. Again, offtherailsworcester.com, 90 Commercial Street, Worcester. Check them out. Can you hear me? Now I can hear you. There we go. Hell yeah. Now it's Gucci, Will. It's Gucci. I'm taking it back to like 2004. But that was the stupidest thing I've ever heard this morning. Thank you so I know. much. I think we should bring it back. No, we shouldn't. Absolutely <laughs> not. <clears throat> nope. 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 So what's up, man? Oh, man. Not much. Just enjoying a very cold, cozy Nashville. Yeah, man. It's cold up here in, in New England, too. So I get it. Where, where are you based? Um, I'm so I'm in Massachusetts. I'm about 25 minutes north of Providence in okay. about an hour and change south of Boston. Nice. I've played all around that area. I love Have it there. You? Yeah, I played um, the Knickerbocker, not in Providence, Rhode Island, exactly, but like right near it where um, Guild Guitars used to be made. Hmm. Uh, Westerly, Westerly, Rhode Island. Yeah. Yeah. And then I've played a house concert uh, where all the Cranberry Glades are, south of Boston. Okay. Um, yeah, my best friend's from Western Massachusetts and stuff, so I'm up there a good bit. Oh, no shit. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, because I saw that you had posted about the Mallet Brothers, and I was like, how the hell does he know who the Mallet Brothers Dude, are? Dude, I love those boys. They're great. They're awesome. They're absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, I've been trying to get them on this show, but they don't respond to my DMs. Hey, man, I'll I'll, I'll get on them. All right, they're good. Appreciate calls. that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're like a you know, they are like the band up here. Yeah, you know. Yeah, they've I... got that like, you know, how do I explain it? It's like fish, you know. Oh, totally. They've got such a great sound too. I uh, I did like a week of dates with them in New England, and it was every show was a blast. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can imagine, I can imagine. Um, that's cool, man. So you're from Virginia, though, right? I am. Yep. Now, how 
how how was how's that how was how was that that virginia yeah oh man it's awesome it's where my my heart resides um my body lives in nashville but my heart and soul is pretty much always in virginia um i grew up in in virginia beach on the coast and uh was a beach kid growing up surfed all the time um and then as i got older in my teens i started spending like every summer out in the mountains i worked at a summer camp um just out in the blue ridge near lexington virginia so i've kind of my time in Virginia has been defined by either being in the water or in the mountains. Nice. So how did, how did, um, country music come to, come to be your forte? I got into music in general really early due to my parents. My, um, my mom and dad are huge, huge music lovers and consumers. And, um, when I was really young, I, them always having music on and we would talk about it and, um, they uh they introduced me oddly dead really early on because lost you and um it's kind of funny the dead kind of kicked off everything for me and can you hear me yeah hey can you hear yeah. me now yeah i can hear you sweet i can hear you now. yeah um i don't know where you cut off there but um um just about the dead i heard that the, the grateful dead was like Dead. Okay, cool. How's it going? How's it recording? Yeah, you... yeah, it's recording. I just you keep coming like in and out for some reason. Weird. Huh. Um, um my internet's yeah. good. Start of my life. Let's see here. Yeah, mine is too. Is somebody? Because I know if like if you try if somebody tries to call you, it'll cut out. Um, but if that's not the case, then I don't know. Who knows? Mm. Technology is fun. Um, I know. I love it, cool. man. This was two years of my life. Just let me know if it happens again, and then what I do, I might run across the house oh. where the signal's stronger. All right, no problem. No problem. Cool. Uh, anyways, yeah, The Grateful Dead. Um, ironically, <laughs> was like the first music love of my life. Um, and from there, my dad introduced me to mountain music and old time music and bluegrass um and being a virginian that music's just everywhere um yeah you're just kind of inundated with it it's it's part of our culture and upbringing and um old time music led me to the avid brothers who were like my guys growing up that was the first artist where i was like yeah music makes me feel something that nothing else does and i want to chase that feeling and then from there man it was just kind of like the avids were always like country adjacent and they were you know, I feel like kind of the forefathers of what Americana is now. And from there, I jumped into, um, you know, what we'd all call country music now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny. You know, you say the Avid Brothers growing up and, um, you know, you must be a little younger than I am. Um, Just turned 30. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so you're a lot, not a lot, but you're, you're younger, younger, young enough than me too. I remember when the Avid Brothers like first like made a splash on the scene. And um you're right, like they were like just like, holy shit, who are these guys? And what what is this? This is great. Well I feel like it was they were one of the um the bands that I was like lucky enough to to have hopped on early where they really created their own sound. And it was a yeah. mix of so many sounds that I knew. I mean that the mountain old time music was such a huge part of what they were doing, but it was that like punk infusion that also caught me at my like angstiest time. And I was like, yeah. okay, I can, I can listen to banjo music, but this guy's screaming about being like upset about a girl and I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah. 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 I, uh, I, I remember those days. Well, yeah. Um, so, it, you know, it's, it's funny you mentioned that because like, when I was growing up, you know, it was kind of like the opposite. You know, living in Massachusetts, there's not much, you know, th there wasn't a country music scene like there is now. Right. And, um, you know, my parents, the same thing. Huge, huge music people, you know, the, the whole nine yards. And, um, yeah, it was just, uh, music was always a thing. Always a thing. It was never country, you know, but it was, it was always, you know, 
my parents are big Beatles fans. You know, my parents named me after a Beatle, you know, the whole, the whole nine yards. Yeah. And um, yeah, man, it, it wasn't until, you know, you talked about the angst, you know, I went through that myself, like in high school, it's like, I was an only child. So I, you know, my father and I really kind of butt heads in high school because we were both only children and mm-hmm. very self-centered and, you know, some would argue we're, we're still like that. Oh. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, you know, my dad's going to listen to this and text me and be like, you're an asshole. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, but yeah, like my, uh, like you, you know, my, my, my taste in music changed as I got older and went through different shit and, you know, the whole nine yards. Yeah. I think what's funny about country, because I, I, I had, a, you know, the same type of shift. I mean, I remember being a young kid and driving around in my, my grandpa's Ford Ranger and he would have country radio on, which at that time was playing a lot of like late nineties country. And I hated it. <laughs> like yeah. I hated that music. And I would always like as a kid, be like, I like everything except country and rap. Yeah. And then looking back, I'm like, I love country and rap. Right. <laughs> and, right. Right. And I, I don't like lyrics have always been um, so important to me and always just pulled me in. But I think there's something about the message of country writ large that becomes more and more appealing uh, after the more life you live. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, it's a lot of it's like a celebration of the little things because you realize as you get older that life is insane and brutal and you need to appreciate and have gratitude for things. But it also, you know, reflects upon that brutality as well, I think, in a way that a lot of genres don't ever really go that deep into. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. You know, there's not a lot of genres out there that you know, I say this, you know, that tell a story. Yeah. You know, of course they tell a story, right? But they don't tell a story. If you, right. I think you get what I'm saying. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um you know, you listen to a lot of rock and roll or, you know, any other genre and you know, it's like you, you look at the lyrics and listen to the lyrics and you're like, I know that was just telling me a story, but what the fuck was the story? Yeah. Or it's you know. a snap a snapshot in time, which is cool too. Right. Um. I, I mean, some of the best rock songs are just like, you know, quote unquote, I want to rock and roll all night, and you're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I do. Right. 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 <laughs> right. Absolutely. You know, it, and then you hear songs, you know, from like the dead. You know, going back to the dead. You know, I when I was in high school, early college, you know, I was big into the jam band scene, so I I get it. Um. You know, but then you like you hear some of those dead tunes, and you're like, "I need to be fucking high as hell to understand what the hell's going on." <laughs> yeah, yeah, the dead's funny, man, because I I'm not a big jam guy. I respect the hell out of it. I can't do what they do, but I mean, you couldn't pay me to listen to Fish, and I I, I get that. I get but that. Dude, but dude, I love the Grateful Dead. It's it's. I think there's something about Jerry's Appalachian influence. Yeah, that I mean, that whole working man's record is just I just want to listen to it. And I mean, like my dad and I's favorite song is Dire Wolf. And like talk about stories. You hear that one. You're like, this is like a folk song. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that was the best thing about the dead. You know, there was a lot of, you know, that country music, Americana folk undertones in the way, you know, Jerry played in the way the lyrics were, you know, when, you know, like the deeper cuts. You know, yeah. not, not, I mean, they're all really deep cuts unless you're a deadhead, right? Right. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of storytelling there that, you know, the other jam bands just don't do. Yeah. It's just a different thing. Yeah. You know, we, um, this past summer, we saw the, um, the Outlaw Festival that Willie does every year. Mm-hmm. And um, they had a lot of jam bands this year on it. And, I don't know. It was like kind of, it was weird. You know, it was great seeing, um, you know, some of those guys that I had, you know, liked a lot in college, but like, it just didn't go. It just didn't flow well. Yeah. It's yeah. I, again, like I don't have any negative thing to say about the jam scene, but it's, I think you, your brain has to be in a certain mental state and I'm not saying drug induced either. Like you have to really want to to be be in that flow state. Let's, Let's not be, you know, it's fine. <laughs> I know. Hey, I know a lot of sober folks who have figured out how to do it, but yeah, for me, I'm like, I need to, I need to take some drugs to enjoy this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. And, you know, it's it's funny because it's like, I, you know, the year before, you know, it was like Billy Strings was on the tour and stuff. And like, but that made sense. Right. Um, you know, like this year it was, um, oh, God, who the, um, Bob Weir was mm-hmm. like the direct support. And like, I love Bob Weir. Don't get me wrong. You know, yeah. and, he play, and he played a lot of dead tunes, but he did like dead tunes and covers. Interesting. Um, yeah, it was it was really interesting. Um, and then before him was like the string cheese incident or or some shit like that. And it that was, was like, on the Outlaw tour. Yeah, it was That's just like bizarre. This, none of this fucking makes sense. Yeah. You know? And you know, I wanted to see string cheese just because you know, again, when I was in college, they were huge. Right. You know, in that scene, and I had right. never saw them live because I also didn't want to pay to see that either. You know. Um, but yeah, it was, it was strange. And then, you know, like I was saying with Bob Weir, like I, I love Bob Weir again, one of, one of the greats. Right. Yeah. But I found myself like leaving my seat a bunch of times during a set and just been like, is this fucking shit over yet? It's tough too, with this, you know, ultra legacy guys, because they're old dudes, you know? So it's like, I'm not expecting to go be like, wowed every second of it i mean every now and then there's like you hear about paul mccartney and people are like yeah he sounds the best he's ever sounded and you're like he's a robot right but you know what i saw the last time i saw mccartney um i want to say it was probably like seven years ago okay um and he was all right you know he sounded fine but you know i see things on youtube now of him in the last like year or two and it's like no yeah you know, I love you, Paul, and it's great that you're still doing it, but like, stop. Yeah, dude, it's it's a it's one of the most physical things in my life. I mean, performing is it's extremely hard. I don't know how these guys. I mean, look at the Stones. You're like, how? What? what? Right, <laughs> how right. And Jagger still, doing still gets this? up there every night and dances like he's fucking 22 years old. It's unreal. They're built it's different. Unreal. Um, but you know, I guess that's what. I mean, I don't know. They. Those guys, you know, the ones we're talking about, you know, that ones that are still out there doing it and touring heavy and hard and stuff, like, maybe there was something about the drug usage. With keeping that Central Mass vibe going, we have to thank our friends over at the DCU Center. Again, here in Worcester, dcucenter.com. They are the premier venue here in Central Massachusetts. They are a mid-size arena. They're the home of the... Worcester Railers, the Massachusetts Pirates, numerous concerts, numerous events. Check them out, dcucenter.com. They are at 50 Foster Street right here in Worcester. Cheers. I don't know. Who knows, man? I don't know because the other, the flip side of that coin is like Petty. And you're like, dude, that sucks. Right. And well, like, Petty was also doing fentanyl too, so. Yeah, yeah. And that's no, that's no dig at Petty because, you know, that was my first concert I ever saw was Tom Petty and Heartbreakers. Oh, I mean, one of the best. It's just a bummer when you see yeah. how much the partying ages some of these guys. Oh, yeah. You know? Absolutely. Like, yep. Yeah, but, you know, but still, I mean, you could say this. I mean, look at Keith Richards, for Christ's sake. Yeah, dude, he he's the freaking outlier in, yeah. the, in the data batch, and you're like, we don't get this one. Right, and it's, it's one of those things that when Keith ultimately does pass away, you know, we're not going to believe it. We're going to be like, yeah, okay. Yeah, sure. Like, I want to see a body kind of thing. (laughs) Exactly. It's just, it's wild, man. It's just unbelievable. You know, because, you know, I mean, like you just said, you know, touring, touring, playing live, like, you know, you hear the stories all the time. You know, for me, you hear the stories all the time about how demanding it is. Mm -hmm. You know, like, is it really that, uh, is it that demanding as it sounds? Yes, I I think it, I think not to toot my own horn, but I, I think at the stage that I'm at right now, it might be the hardest in some ways, whereas at the top of, you know, the top level, I think it's hard in ways that mine's not. Um, Okay. I mean, I, I bump around in a van that I drive, you know, many of the miles in myself and I sleep on a lot of floors and I often can't figure out ways to work out because logistically it's impossible to go for a run before a show and get sweaty, then play a show Right. when there are no showers and stuff like that. Um, you know, I live off a very small per diem when a cup of coffee and like a slice of bread now cost you like $18. Yeah, no um, sure. And, you know, it's, it's long hours. It's, 
it's the weirdest it's it's the weirdest imbalance of life i mean touring is basically just like hurrying up to wait and yeah. it can be an eight, eight hour drive and all of a sudden you're doing the hardest workout you've ever done for 20 minutes <laughs> and then you look then you load in and then you sit for four more hours between sound check and showtime and yeah it's just i think what's really demanding about touring at my stage is that it's so diy um that it feels it feels like manual labor which it is and i you know i, I love doing that i'm not going to compare it to like a guy out there digging ditches or like being a roofer but it's it is very manual um and it can kind of it can rock your body because we're just not supposed to do that it's like I, you know, whenever I'm in the van for a long stretch of time, we'll stop at a rest stop and all of us will like run a few laps or do some calisthenics or something. Cause our bodies are like, what? why, <laughs> why are we sitting stationary for most of the day? Right. But right. you know, the other side of that is like Beyonce, I bet every minute of her 24 hours is laid out and she has to deliver on every minute. And she's got, she's playing in cities that are, you know, 20 hours apart. Granted, she's being flown or driven, but I just, I feel like the demand, I feel like a lot of folks have this misnomer where it's like, man, once I'm on a bus, like doing that and have roadies, it'll be so much easier. My guitar tech will do this and blah, blah. And like, I don't, I think some things will be easier, which then creates room for new challenges. Right. Right. Yeah. Cause I'm sure, you know, even with, you know, when you're at that level of, um, you know, start, we'll say stardom, right? Yeah. And you have all that and you have the text and you have all the, you know, the people doing all, all you have to, you know, quote unquote, all you have to do is step out on stage and do a sound check and play your show. Right. Yeah. Um, but at that, when you're at that level, there's so much other shit that goes into it. Oh yeah. You know, this radio station wants you or this interview or that, you know, you're getting pulled in, in other ways other than, you know, the setup. 100%. I mean, like Noah Khan right now, I'm sure he's, you know, he's not just walking on stage. He's probably doing every press out that he can do before right. the shows, you know, right. and he's, he's probably most hours of his day are slated towards some type of promotional thing. And, um, but yeah, man, I think, I think touring is absolutely as grueling as it's made out to be. It's also like the funnest thing in the world when it's good. Yeah. Um, I've never, touring is like a perfect allegory for life because it's just, it's just highs and lows. Like you'll play to like 15 people in Birmingham, Alabama, and then you'll turn around and play to like 1200 in Charlotte. And you're like, what, what? <laughs> like, yeah. It's just a law of averages. Um, right. And yeah, it's, it's, I, I love it, man. It's, it's tough. And, but it, it reminds me of like why I got into music in the first place. Cause it's just, there's, there's not anything else like it. You, you truly, you kind of feel like a cowboy out in the wind. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, but it also takes a, it takes a certain kind of person to be able to live that life. Yeah. And I think a lot of musicians find out they're not that person yeah. um, at some point in time. Um, I, I love it. I think that I've got a restless heart um, and I've certainly tried to work on that throughout the years, but there's something innately inside of me that feels good when I'm moving. Yeah. Um, and it, so I've tried to kind of lean into that when I'm on the road. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's huge. That's, yeah. um, you know, it also says a lot about you that, you know, that, you know, that you can accept who you are and, you know, and just kind of go with it. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, you know, through a lot of therapy and looking inward and stuff, I've, <laughs> I've gotten to a point where, um, I, I think I used to look at this like restless nature and, and I was like, all right, dude, like what's what's wrong? And it was, it was really over COVID when like I had to sit still for two years, um, that made me look inward and go, okay, like why, why do you always want to be moving? And it was a great lesson. It made me, you know, focus on some parts of myself that I hadn't before. But through that, I, I got to the point that I'm at now where it's like, cool, always be working on yourself, always be in tune with yourself, but also will, you just like to roll, man. And that's okay. That's just who you are. Um, so it's, I'm, I'm in a good place right now with, with touring where it's just, I know that I really enjoy it and it's, you know, I'm always running towards something, the next town, next you know opportunity versus trying to run away from something. Damn. Are, are you sure you're not my therapist? Because, <laughs> um, you know, I have that, I have that kind of like that same problem. And I'm, unfortunately, you know, 
not unfortunately, but I mean, maybe unfortunately for them, like I have a wife and three boys that have, you know, that are on this, like dad can't sit still. Yeah. Kind of thing. And it, it's tough. You know, it's, it's especially doing this podcast. Like, you know, I have, I have put a lot of hours and a lot of miles and a lot of time into this in the last three years. You yeah. know, it's, I'm, you know, full disclosure, you know, it's caused, you know, cause this is how this show is. And, you know, my wife hates when I talk about it publicly, but like, it's caused a lot of fucking tension. It's caused a lot yeah. of, it's caused resentment. It's caused fights. It's caused all kinds of shit, you know, but when you have this drive and this passion and this fire, it's like, how do you not, how do you, you know, I get, I know it, you know, as I'm saying it out loud, you're probably like, dude, you're a fucking idiot. But um No, no, man. Uh, I I get it. I mean, you know, our our partners choose us for who we are. And like yeah. you clearly are somebody who's extremely passionate about music and and diving into that and creating a platform for it. And I'm sure your wife knows that. Oh and no, she like, does. She and she is super supportive, you know, a hundred percent supportive. Well, and that's you know, that's the the fickle complexity of life is that you got you know, she knows that. And at the same time, it's like, yeah, you're also a father and keeping right. your family together and have all these responsibilities. And that's, I think that's a tough point that like artists and creators have to have to find that balance always. Yeah. And it's hard because I mean, like, what's the nature of a passion is that you're passionate about it. And you're just like, yeah, I want to sink all my time and my resources into it. Yeah. And then you've got to be like, well, I also need to make my car payments. Right. Right. Yeah. It's a, you know what, that line is, I have in the last few months, I have gotten myself to that line of, okay, what's more important here? Yeah. You know, and it, that, trust me, that's a fucking, it's a tough pill to swallow, man. It's a, it's a tough realization when you're like, this is my passion. This is what I love to do this, you know, but then on the flip side, you know, okay, it's your passion and your love and all that stuff, but it's also not benefiting anybody or, you know, it's not benefiting the boys or your wife or this house or this family other than your, you know, your selfishness to, you know, feel accomplished. Right. But then you could also argue it's like that also makes you, you know, the dad that you are to them. Type of, I, you know, I always play that game. It's like, yeah. you know, and because I think if you, if you give it up too much, I think it's sometimes it's hard to get it back. And that's oh, yeah. me. That's me guessing because I've never, I've never allowed music to get, you know, so far away that I'd wonder if I could get back to it. But it's like with a passion and a dream. Like when you're, when you're next to it, it there's something about it. You're like, I'm holding on to this. I've got it within my clutch. But I feel like if you let that go, that's kind of a dangerous space because if you let it go, you start to lose a part of yourself. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I, I. I talk about it all the time. I say, you know what? I'll just, then I'll just stop doing this. Like, it's not a big deal, you know? And then it's like, no, it is a big deal. I can't, yeah. I can't, you know, cause trust me, if, if I didn't have the passion or the fight or the, you know, the fire in me, I would, I would just say, fuck it and not do it yeah. at all. But I can't, I can't, you know? Oh dude, I have that internal conversation all the time. And not in a way that I'm like even remotely close to being like, well, I'm gonna pack it all up. But right, you know, I think it's I just think it's realistic. And talk about like being in tune with yourself. It's like what is what a silly endeavor, you know. Both both things that we're doing are it's yeah, like, yeah. You know, somebody who went to college and got an accounting degree and has worked for I don't know, you know, mutual whatever for ten years would probably be like, what what do you do? That's stupid. <laughs> like, what's the return? And you'd be like, well. Not really anything tangible, but you know, it's it's just like it it's just bizarre. Yeah. So I think it's okay to remind ourselves that that it is, and to, and to look at the other options, and then go. I think it's honestly like imperative to look at that and go, yeah, I could do I could do that, but like, is that who I am? No. That which means right. I really fucking love this thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, and like I try to like look at it where it's like, you know what? Yeah, I'm. You know, since I've been off, you know, I got uh, towards the end of last year, I took some time off for my my mental health from work and um, my uh, my lovely boss decided to 
um, get rid of my position while I was gone. So uh, he, you know, inadvertently laid me off and, you know, the whole nine yards. So that happened yeah. right before the holidays. And, you know, it's, it, it, in that time I did, I've done a lot of interviews. I've done a lot of, you know, a lot of this to kind of keep it rolling. Right. And then like, looking back, it, it also, it caused me not to do things at home that needed to get done. Right. You know, it was like a, oh, I'll just get to that later, you know, and later never came. Um, so it, it's been tough, you know, it's, it's really hard, you know, and like every week that goes by that I still haven't found a, a new job. It's like, well, I guess I'll just do seven more interviews this week or, you know, this, that, the other thing. And it's, that's also not sustainable either. Right. You know, but it's like, yeah. you know, me being me, I feel bad because I get all these people are like, oh, I want to be on your show. I want to be on your show. And I want to, I want everybody on my show. Will. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, you also have to be like, sorry, I just, you know, there's times where it's like, unless you're, unless you've, you know, unless you're Luke Combs, not, I can't, I can't just put you on because you have a single coming out next week. You know, right. it's, it's not possible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but yeah, it's, it's, I, I don't envy your position. I, um, you know, I, I was, I got divorced. What was it? Two years ago. And, um, it's, I, I, I've been right where you are, where you're, it's so frustrating because you're like, I'm working so hard at this thing. However, the return isn't impacting me and my family yeah. in the way that it needs to, no matter how many interviews I line up. Like right. it's not going to do what it needs me to do right now. Right. And I've been there with, with music where it's like, I work it so hard on this, on this dream, banging my head against the wall. And it's like, well, what do you, what do you actually bring to the table? And that's a conversation that, you know, I think we have all the time. And I, I, now it's, it's just me. And it's like pivotal that I have this space now because I'm already stressed enough about it on the daily. And I'm just worrying about myself. You know, I'm right. paying for the room I rent in East Nashville. Um, and you know, it took a long time and a lot of tears to get here, but it's, there's something freeing in that, like my van's in the shop right now. It's going to cost me an arm and a leg. And it's like, well, cool. I'll figure it out. It's yeah. fine. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just, it's tough, man. I, I so, feel it. Not that it's any of my business and you tell me to go fuck myself, but, um, was, was your musical journey part of the reason for the divorce? Um, not really, man. Um, yeah. I mean, she was unbelievably supportive. Um, kind of sounds like your wife just, you know, she was nothing but supportive about it. So not really. Um, and I, I don't tend to talk about it too much. No, that's I, fine. You don't I have to. And... I was just, uh, you know, based on, based on the inner battles we're having with ourselves and our passions, I was just more curious than that. Than anything. Yeah. No, I mean, I think, I think it was more more reflection like it wasn't music so much but more a reflection on like me being consumed by me right yeah. no, <laughs> more I, so I, bro yeah. I, I you're preaching to the choir more than you realize man I, th I think a lot of us are there i um and yeah no i sorry i'm, I'm not gonna talk about it more i nope, i've had nope, the nope. i've intertwined my music career with my personal life for fucking years yeah um and when i split with my ex i, I made it a hard goal to to not blur those lines no, and just I to respect like to respect that space more so that's kind of where i landed which has been nice it cleans things up yeah oh yeah i'm sure i'm sure 100 percent um yeah no no problem you do not need to explain now we're gonna thank our friends on the north shore the porch southern fair and juke joint our buddy jonathan post is the head chef and owner of the porch they are at 175 rivers edge drive right in medford massachusetts don't want to miss this place they have some of the best food in the region jonathan has brought his nashville roots here to new england with the food with the hospitality and most of all the music check them out theporchsouthern.com yourself any more than that um so let's talk let's talk about your music then 
Yeah, man. Uh, it, it, you know, I'm sure people are sick of hearing our therapy session. <laughs> like, what is this podcast? Right. What the fuck is this episode even <laughs> like about? Like boots and whiskeys. Yeah. Really right. Well, this is, this is how we do this show. Man. You know, it's, it's. I love it. This, this is the show. You know, it's not, you know, I, I typically tell people, like, I don't give a fuck that you have music out. Like, no shit. Like, that's why you're here. You know, but like, I want to hear, I want to, I want to know your story. And yeah, this, man. This is what I'm getting. I love it. Um, so your your music, um, you know, it's great. It really is. Um, Thank you. How how did you find your sound? Because you know, to me, I had I see it and I hear it, and it's like got like a, you know, it's got that Americana folk country, you know, sound to it. Where mm-hmm. you know, very singer songwriter, if you will. Yeah. Uh, uh, short answer. I'm still looking for it. Um, I, I, I think because like I was saying earlier, I mean, I grew up, you know, in a suburban neighborhood at the beach and I've always been drawn to the country and, and space and rural landscapes and particularly the mountains of Virginia, uh, which created this kind of blend of a a person um you know i grew up with like the top 40 radio playing like third eye blind and like three doors down you know in the navy town that i grew up in and then i'd be putting on like ralph stanley or doc watson or something um when i was out west and it i think just created this 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 mix and awareness within me that realized that i love so many different things and um you know, I didn't grow up just listening to like '90s country that evolved into early 2000s that evolved in the teens, and it was a mix of all these things. And I've I've always loved, um, you know, poppier rock and roll. I mean, Kings of Leon in high school. That was I was driving like 95 to high school in the morning in my little Honda Accord, just blasting Kings of Leon or the Killers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I think it kind of like. I think early on when I was making music, I I felt like I needed to lean into a persona that I wasn't really. And that's like, I listened back to my earlier recordings and there's a rawness to it that I appreciate. And I'm like, hell yeah, kid, get it. But I think there's also like this weird inflection on my voice that was trying to be more quote unquote country than I was, whatever the hell that means. And I I think since that point, my goal every time I create music is to just create something that's more and more myself and I've landed in this this zone of like I am a singer songwriter at my core. Yeah. Um, I love writing songs, um, and then I love performing them. Um, but uh, you know, we always like my manager and I always kind of land on like it's this John Mayer meets Appalachian sound, and I, I think that's a good mix of of what I'm going for because I spend you know half my time playing solo shows and I present my songs in a way that leans into that singer songwriter thing, but I also love to get a band behind me and to rock the fuck out and, yeah. and, you know, kind of lean into this country, you know, rockier soul side of me. Um, so yeah, long winded answer of, of, of that, but that's kind of how I found it. And I think one of the biggest things in the past few years was that I could only afford a four piece on the road. So I decided to, instead of bringing a lead guitar player, I, I brought a lead keyboard player. Um, and my sound because of that has leaned more and more not not soul that's a that's a big word for what i'm not but it's it's leaned like less just straight down the middle country and it's got the influence of you know my my normal keyboard player who's from richmond and he's got this baptist church background and stuff so it's a lot of b3 and it's a lot of a lot of roads and stuff that's keeping the music in a space that I, it's got like a little more of a, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just, it's not a, it's not a, Hey, play a telly solo type of thing right now. Um, yeah. As much as I love that shit too. But um, that's, that's really helped me inform like the live, the live sound is kind of like, it's like art imitating life type of thing where the live sound has really directed what I sound like. And that's actually what we, we just took in the studio was like, okay, I've been on the road with this band this sound for two years this feels like something that knows what it is and now i'm recording that which is which is nice because i feel like in the past with recording it's like i'm using the recordings to uh 
direct what the live show needs to sound like. And yeah. this has been the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, I, I can't, you know, I can't really imagine that journey. You know what I mean? I can, I can guess. Right. But, uh, you know, however you're doing it and the way, however you're going about it, I mean, man, it's, it's working. You know, your sound is phenomenal. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I'm proud of what I'm doing. I think I, I haven't been able to say that at every point in my career. Um, but I think this next phase, like this record we're working on right now, it's every time I listen back to a mix or something, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's pretty much exactly what I want to sound like. And it sounds like me. I've recorded stuff before that I've, I've thought sonically sounded beautiful, but then I would finish the song and be like, I don't think that's really me though. Like, yeah. Which is tough because in this day and age, when you spend all this time and money on recording and you get something back that's glossy, you're like, yeah, sweet. That's, that's it. But then I think you have to take a step back as an artist and go, yeah, but is that, is that you? Um, and that was, that was a big part of, of my journey last year was, was having that conversation because, you know, I live in Nashville now and whether it's here or, you know, London, you could be anywhere in the world with a home recording studio set up and create your entire track in the box and, and shit it out. And you're going to have a really good sounding track. Yeah. And we're in a day and age where I hear, I hear quote unquote good sounding tracks all the time. They're not saying anything. Right. And I really, I really kept that in the back of my mind while recording this record and, and picking the songs for it because I'm not the best singer in the world. I'm not the best guitar player in the world. I'm not the the best at anything, but I can control how honest my songs are and I can control how much heart and emotion I put into them. Um, and at the end of the day, if I do that, I feel like that's, that's, that's hitting, hitting gold. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you, I always say that the best, the best songs, the best recordings, you know, are the ones that you put everything you have into it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's a, there's a fine line too. I mean, I'm sure you've noticed this. There's like, the trend right now that I think Zach Bryan has, has been leading the charge on of less is more and, you know, just put a mic in a room and, you know, get a good group of musicians and play some honest music. Yeah. Um, and I think that's awesome. I think it's doing a big thing for country music in general. Um, I, however, I love, like, I love production with a lot of intention and I'm not saying Zach Bryan's not doing that at all. I think he's intentionally making it sound exactly the way it does, but I I love like a little bit of a glossier sound, um, at least for right now in this record cycle. And that kind of goes back to like who I am as a musician. Like I, some of my favorite records are John Mayer records, and they're pristine sounding. Yeah. Um. So I I love recording with like that kind of intent, where it's like, hey, let's capture, let's capture this honestly. Let's capture your vocal. I mean, that's the featured part and you better damn well mean it when you sing it, but yeah, let's also nail these parts and dial in drum tones for six hours. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, when you're putting, you know, that much soul and effort behind something like you want it to be, you know, quote unquote, perfect, whatever perfect looks like, Mm -hmm. you know? So there's, I, you know, you know, you, you hear it all the time where people give, artist shit about well you know it sounds so produced and this that and the other thing and like you know whatever who cares you know if that's what you're looking for and that's what you want do that yeah and that's the that's the beauty and you can find whatever you want um when you're listening to music i always my rebuttal of that question always is like yeah i'm going into a recording studio with producers to right. do this and i mean to produce to produce it and add a vision to it. And you can come see me stripped down with an acoustic guitar at a live show. And that's, I love the difference between a live sound and a studio sound. Some of my least favorite shows I've ever seen are when the band walks on stage and sounds perfectly like the record. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, I, I could go at home and put headphones on. And hear yeah. That. I actually hate bands that, that sound like that. Do me too. I could, I can name like five right now that I've gone to shows and be like that yep. sucked. Yep. Me too. Me too. I mean, it's I, I love when bands make mistakes. 
Yeah. Like, cause it let it knocks down a wall. It lets you in. Um, you know, like Avery brothers, they've, I've, I've seen them screw up many times Yeah. and it's like, yeah, these guys are human. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. You know, and it's, it's, but you know, it's also at the same, same time. It's like, you know, I try to argue with myself. Well, it's like, well, you know, maybe they're just that tuned in, you know, maybe they're, they are, maybe they are that good. You know what I mean? And then I'm thinking to myself, no, nope, they're not. Yeah. Well, I think it's like, you know, I think if you go see Wolfpack, they've created a space and an expectation to where if they make a mistake, you're going to be like, huh, <laughs> you can't be doing that. Like, yeah. Versus, you know, you go see me or like a Zach Bryan thing and there's a flat B string. And you're gonna be like, yeah, it's country music. <laughs> like, yeah. it's okay. I don't know if I ever want to create music to the expectation of if people come here one wrong note or so, they're like, God, the guy wasn't on it that night. <laughs> like, I don't know if that's appealing to me. Right, right. Yes, I totally, totally get what you're saying. A hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yeah, it's because it's frustrating, you know. And it's, you know, for me, it's also <laughs> my other pet peeve about sometimes live music and uh i get a lot of shit for this and i give i give a lot of my uh i give a lot of my friends that are in the industry a lot of shit about this but i can't stand when really good headliners or you know people that have their own show and headlining um and have great original music play covers can't Mm. fucking stand it like i get it i get (laughs) i get why they do it i get why it happens i get why it needs to happen but it's like So I think I would be totally remiss if I didn't mention our friends over at 10thwhiskey.com. That's 10th Mountain Whiskey and Spirit Company. They're out of Vail, Colorado. Great, great friends of ours. We, um, we don't like bourbon here at the Boots and Whiskey Podcast, and they make the absolute best bourbon I've ever tasted in my entire life. And I'm not saying that because they've been great to us. They have the best bourbon, the best rye I've ever tasted in my entire life. So check them out. 10thwhiskey.com. Tell them the Boots and Whiskey podcast sent you. Cheers. Dude. You know? Uh, we're, we're cut from the same cloth, man. I, yeah. I, I struggle to push myself to create cover arrangements um, because that's not why, you know, it's not why I make music. But, you know, like you're saying, we get it. It, it, it captures an audience that you might not have captured. Then you redirect them to your own music, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, it's, yeah, now I'm the same way. I, I, as a performer, I'm like, okay, I have 60 minutes up here. I, I want to present all that I am. I, I do think a very well done cover, like on this, this record coming out, I've, I've done a cover that's, I rearranged a song that I never in a million years thought I would have covered. Um, it's not a country song. It's, very far away from it and i do think a well-arranged cover that becomes a different artist's own song can be really really neat yeah oh absolutely absolutely when you when you take a song and you make it your own sure yeah you know hit me with it but if you know i oh fuck it i'll talk about it because i've talked about it before but you know <laughs> i saw cameron Marlowe headline yeah. so right and he's got great original tunes out there. But I would say, if not more than, absolutely half of his show was covers. Holy cow. Yep. Wow. Yep. And I'm like, I, are you serious, dude? Are you yeah. Serious? I think that's a thing. I mean, I, I, I this is probably an uneducated guess here, but that seems to be a bigger thing in popular country not yeah. even just pop country but like that's a thing where an act especially opening acts will have like a half hour and it's like okay you're gonna mix in some of these like massive covers in there and it's yeah. i i would be willing to bet money his his team is like yeah dude you need to play like you know whatever it was eight covers or something right because it's it's a strategy i mean it's not appealing to me if i went and saw an artist and they played a bunch of journey covers i'd be like what I want right. I want to hear you, right. um, but it's a, that's a you know it's a different game at that point too. You're yeah. you're after a mass audience. 
And, you know, it, I think what blows my mind even more is like, you'll have, you know, you'll have like an opener, right. And they'll play everything they play as an original tune. And mm-hmm. then it's like, okay. So if your opener who has a half an hour, who probably nobody knows who the hell they are or, right. you know, knows very little can get up there and play, you know, eight original songs you can do you can do it too but yeah no i'm with yeah. you man it's it's, it's not you know, but on, on the flip side like you said you know i i you know i've seen cody johnson now a few times and you know pretty much without without even think about it he plays long-haired country boy but you know what yeah. he makes it his own right you know he he throws in nuances and stuff and and all that stuff and it's like okay that works Dude, I mean, he that that is him. That's right. Cody Johnson's ethos. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, no. So that makes sense. Versus, like, you see somebody cover, you know, I don't know, some Taylor Swift song because it's trending right now, and you're like, that right, it's so off putting. Right. Right. You know, or even if like in an encore, if they, you know, they have like the opener come out and do a, you know, a, a duet or a collab, and you know, play, you know, a, a song everybody knows. Like, yeah, cool, cool. That's that's a moment. That's a that's an event. Yeah. You know, I get it. I get it. I think you, as always, you got to know, know your room, know your crowd too. I mean, cause like, you know, if it's a big festival show, like how many times have you been in the crowd and like, you got a little buzz going on and they kick into something that's, you know, massive hit that when you were a kid and you lose your mind to it and the rest of the show, you're like, yeah, I am here. I have arrived. Yep. So I think there's a, there's a nuance to, I mean, a well-placed cover in a set can just slap. Yeah. 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 No, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. You know, it's, it's, it's spot on. Um, or, or the other strategy that I do is you play covers that are so obscure. No one's ever heard of them. Right. People are like, wow, well, that's, that's a great original song. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. 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 I didn't write that guys. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had someone, I, I cover Angel from Montgomery a lot and I had, uh, it's someone, someone come up and they're like, that's a beautiful song. Did you write that? I was like, no. It's one of the most famous songs ever uh, by John Prine, but thank you. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. Um, so you you mentioned that you're working on an album. When is that slated to come out? The first single's coming out next month in February, um, and then the rest of the rollout plan is kind of being built as we speak, um, and is ever fluid uh, as everything is as an yeah. independent artist. Um, so what do you but, have a date for the single? Because we can make this come out then. Um, I don't yet. Yeah, I know end of February, but I can confirm with with management on that and okay. get you that date. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let me know because I, I'm I'm a big fan of, you know, when I have the time, you know, you know, here we are, we're talking. It's you know mid January. You know, if you say, hey, I got a thing coming out at the end of February, like, okay, great. Let's well, we can put this out then so that it it makes sense. You know. Yeah, uh, you know, get get some eyes on the single too. That'd be great. Yeah, you know, instead of being like, "Oh hey, oh hey, Jim, I have my my uh, nobody told you, but my single comes out next Friday." And I'm like, "Oh, great." Oh well, yeah, could have planned around that. Hey, can't help you, bud. But <laughs> you know, no, that's perfect. I'll I'll get you that date. That would yeah. be awesome. Yeah, please do, please do. Um, damn man, I've I've had a great time talking with you. This has been a lot of fun, dude. You too. Thanks for um being willing just to go into it. I. I'm sure you're the same where like I've heard a million podcasts and musicians talk and I enjoy the ones where I get to figure out, you know, who they are and oh, yeah. like off the stage. So thanks yep. for creating that space. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's the way I've always wanted to do this. I've never, you know, I hear, you know, and there's, there's country podcasts out there that are starting to do a little more, you know, shooting the shit kind of thing, but there's still like a, a level, I don't want to say an agenda, but there's still a level of, um, you know, that, question and answer kind of thing i think and, the whole industry man in the pop in the not the pop in the country world is like is is figuring out how to do it again yeah like it's so behind like in nashville like the top 40 country scene is like you know still diehard radio and yeah it's like hey guys there's this thing called social media now that has changed the game yeah you know it's funny because like i was talking to somebody the other day and it like kind of like it kind of hit me in, you know, because being in this space, I didn't really think about it, but you know, this is the, this is the last genre that's like really holding on to radio. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, everywhere else is like, you know, 
whatever. We don't we don't need the radio. Yeah, and man, I I hope it never dies. Like I I I love radio and I love I love a good MC. Um, I mean top you know, triple A country radio is its own corporate entity that is like a different conversation in and of itself. But it's I I, I love radio. Maybe that's just a product of being a '90s kid. But I I hope it never totally falls away because when I'm in my car and there's a good you know, I listen to Lightning 100 in Nashville and they're just playing great song after great song and there's a guy telling me about each one that hits different than me putting on Spotify radio. Yeah, yeah, but you know what? That's I. That might be a very unique to Nashville thing now because there's not, there's not much of that. It's like, a, you know, you know, I know up here a lot of the country radio stations is like, all right, well, here's the next Morgan Wallen song and did you know Morgan Wallen's favorite color is blue yeah that's so bizarre yeah yeah no one cares who gives a shit dude that's so weird and it's like yeah it's this old like it reminds me of like growing up my mom had like entertainment tonight on the background in the kitchen it's like it's like this weird like celebrity fascination thing that country music still latched onto it's like your church had a you're like what right (laughs) i don't care (laughs) like yeah well, man, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad you're doing stuff like this because I think it. I mean, as a consumer and creator of music, I love this kind of content. Well, I I appreciate that a lot. I really do. You know, because that's, that's what I, that's what I hope to. That that was my hope. Yeah. That yeah. My... No, this is this has been great, and I've I've done some weird ones, and this was this was awesome. <laughs> weird one. Yeah, man. I, I hear that. Um, <laughs> so be, before before you uh, let loose here, um, because we are the Boots of Whiskey podcast, and I'm kind of getting sick of doing this segment, but I'm maybe I'll get. But anyway, we'll do it today. Um, I need to know about your boots and your whiskey of choice. Oh man, God, should have prepped more for that. Okay, okay, all right. <laughs> boots of choice. Let me let me see. All my boots are literally behind me right now. Oh, let's see. Okay, let's see. My daily drivers are my Blundstones. Um, my. Sh- my ass kicking boots are my fry boots um, that I wear pretty much like every day and then or every time on stage. And then I just got a new pair of Thursday boots that weigh about 400 pounds um, and are awesome. I don't I'm not a big full cowboy boot guy. I got I have like little troll legs. So cowboy boots don't really work for me. Um, troll legs. Dude, I got like I got legs made to climb mountains. Just short, short, strong legs. <laughs> um, and uh, oh, and I got some LL Bean boots I've been wearing in the snow. Love those. So there's there's twenty different boots for you. Um, whiskey. Oh man, I just got some EH Taylor for Christmas, and that's been going down real easy. You opened it. Oh yeah. Good for you, Will. I like that. Dude, I'm, life's short, man. Yeah, you know, right, right, and you never, you might never ever get another bottle of the H. Taylor ever again. So, dude, totally, I could get hit by a bus tomorrow. I'm gonna drink the right. H. Taylor today. Yeah, yeah. Well, now I feel like I need to open the bottles that I haven't been opening because, you know, of that. You know, dude, treat yourself or save it for when I'm up there. We'll have a we'll have a, a pour in person. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, whenever you're up here, man, let me know and we'll uh, we'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll do. I should be in New England, I think, hopefully this fall. So I'll reach out. Cool, man. Sounds good. Sounds good. Looking forward to that. And uh, you know, I look forward to the to the single that is uh uh coming out this week. <laughs> yeah, well yes. into okay. into February, not sure when you're airing this, but yeah, well, I'll get that. Like date I said, I'm you. gonna I'm gonna air this when it comes out, the week it comes out. So perfect. Man, well Jim, it was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you well, so much. My my pleasure, man. I, I've had a blast and uh, I hope everybody has enjoyed our therapy session. And <laughs> that'll be a $30 copay for everybody listening. And, hey, uh, that's pretty good. That sounds yeah. great. Yeah. Well, Will, thanks so much, man. Have a Enjoy the rest of your day, and uh, we look forward to talking to you again soon, man. All right, Jim. Thanks so much. All right, buddy. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, there it is, everyone. Our conversation with Will. Will, again, thank you so much, brother. You're, you're the... 
you're the balls, man. You really uh, stepped it up in this episode and gave us exactly what we're looking for here each and every episode. So thank you so much, buddy. Um, great dude, great musician, great songs. Cannot go wrong with a little Will Overman in your life. Um, again, thank you so much for tuning in. we got a few more episodes coming your way in the next couple of weeks. Um, and that's it, guys. So thank you so much. Until next time, guys. You know, as always, here at the Boots and Whiskey Podcast, it's all about real people, real stories, real country. Um, you know, until next time, guys, thank you so much. And keep those boots on the ground and the whiskey and glass. Have a great weekend. Good night.